here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, Big hearing today on immigration. The border's open. Every day you go to work or every day you're doing whatever you do, people are pouring into the border, pouring over to the border into the country. Alejandro Mayorkas is the putative secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. And today he admitted something that you should hear. In fact, you should hear some of this period as you were at work today, most of you. Or even if you weren't, you weren't focused on what's going on in Congress. Check this out. Cut seven. Senator Ron Johnson, go. Uh, Total nationwide encounters during the Biden administration, uh, just shy of six million. Is that about right? Um, my understanding of uh, apprehensions um, is uh, uh, that is uh, almost uh, almost six million. Yes. Can you just say yes? Cut eight. Go. But you are failing miserably. Four to five million people. You know, one point four million unknown gotaways. We have no idea who those people are, what kind of security they risk. You're not giving me any stats whatsoever in terms of the number of people that are human trafficked, how many young girls are sex trafficked. You don't have a clue. You wouldn't even answer how many dead bodies, which is very well documented, at the border. Do you not care? Do you not have just an ounce of human compassion for what your open border policy, the type of human depredations it is causing? You just sit there looking with a blank look on your face and you're saying it's a priority. If it's a priority, how did we let four to five million people in this country in, in a little more than two years, four to five million people, the population of 20 to th- almost 30 states, and you're saying this is a priority? Mr. Secretary, you ought to resign. Now stop right there. 
I've heard a lot of audio and watched a lot of video of senators asking questions before. This has to be the most profoundly important and effective question slash statement I've heard. Maybe ever. What do you think, Mr. Producer? It was so compelling. I want to do this again. Because it's so true. Cut eight. Go. But you are failing miserably. Four to five million people. You know, 1.4 million unknown gotaways. We have no idea who those people are, what kind of security they risk. You're not giving me any stats whatsoever in terms of the number of people that are human trafficked, how many young girls are sex trafficked. You don't have a clue. You wouldn't even answer how many dead bodies, which is very well documented, at the border. Do you not care? Do you not have just an ounce of human compassion for what your open border policy, the type of human depredations it is causing? You just sit there looking with a blank look on your face and you're saying it's a priority. If it's a priority, how did we let four to five million people in this country in, the, in a little more than two years, four to five million people, the population of 20 to th- almost 30 states, and you're saying this is a priority? Mr. Secretary, you ought to resign. Senator Johnson, Secretary, sorry, I'd like you to respond to Well, I have a number of uh, responses. Um, The senator mischaracterizes our policies with respect to the security of the southern border. Uh, The senator, of course, disparagingly mischaracterizes our commitment to address human trafficking and the exploitation of vulnerable individuals, including children. And the senator uh, misstates the data because he confuses encounters with unique individuals But a number of things I'd have to say in addition to the senator's uh, statements, and I would look forward to doing so. Senator Johnson. Ah, Shut up, you weasel. Can't you speak the truth in plain English? You said absolutely nothing with your weasel words just there. But this is just for starters, ladies and gentlemen. Senator Josh Hawley at the hearing today. And you can tell these senators have had enough. Cut nine, go. You changed Title 42. You allowed hundreds of thousands of migrant children to come across the border, and then you made it worse. When they became a political crisis for you, when that huge surge of kids across the border because you changed Title 42, when it became an optics crisis, what did you do? You began pressuring officials and agencies to skip the vetting process and get these kids out as soon as possible to sponsors who weren't vetted. Here's the times again. As shelters filled with children, the administration began loosening vetting restrictions and urging case managers to speed the process along. You have at every stage facilitated this modern-day indentured servitude of minor children. Why should you not be impeached for this? Senator, I I look forward to discussing this issue further because you are um, misstating the facts uh, so uh, terribly. I I am reading you the facts from articles in the news, and your usual modus operandi is what you're doing again today, which is to deny, deny, deny. Why have you permitted 345,000 children to come into this country unaccompanied? Why have you permitted thousands of them to be abused and exploited? 
Senator, what we do is we enforce the law. But let me just say this. <laughs> You're it not. Is, it is stunning to me, stunning to hear you say that the prior administration reunited children with their parents. Oh, I see. When so this fact, is their fault? When in so fact, you're not going to take any responsibility for the indentured servitude and exploitation of children that is happening on your watch. A moment ago, you were crowing about the fact that you treated children so well, and yet we find tens of thousands of children who are forced to work as slaves because of your policies, and you turn around and blame a prior administration. Mr. Secretary, this is par for the course for you. You do it every time you appear before this committee. You do it every time you appear before Congress. I, for one, am sick and tired of it, and thousands of children are in physical danger. Danger because of what you are doing. You should have resigned long ago, and if you cannot change course, you should be removed from office. I bet you haven't seen or heard much of this on radio or TV today, have you? Even Mitt Romney jumps in at the hearing today. Cut 10, go. Give us a grade. How are we in terms of securing our border, our southern border first? How, is it an A, B, C, D, E, or F? In terms of the security of America's southern border, is it an A or an F? Where, where do you grade it? Uh, Senator, I want I, I'm to, looking for a letter. Uh, Senator, it's not, it's not so um, uh, straightforward. For sure it is. We, we know how many people are coming across. Are we doing a great job, or is it like still failing? Um, Senator, um, the issue of addressing the root causes is not exclusive. I have a question, which is, can you grade how secure our southern border is, an A through an F? Senator, we are dedicating our resources to achieve the maximum possible effect of them. Are we succeeding? Is it an A or is it B, a D? Where are we in terms of the number of people coming across the border? For instance, we have gaps in a wall. It's like, why why wouldn't you want to just complete the wall for Pete's sakes? Complete the fencing and make sure that we're in every way we can securing it, at least physically. As well, as well as the other sources that we have, Senator, but but are you you're not willing to give it a grade? I mean, I am. It's an F. It's clearly an F. Wow, that was Romney, Mr. Producer. He's still around. You know, the Republicans have had enough. They really have. Even Romney gets it. He sees it, and a couple Democrats. But other than that, what's really going on here is intentional. How can you see what's taking place? misapply resources and refuse to do anything about it well that's the phone ringing I'll be right back let me ask you what the heck is going on with the banks these bank failures are absolutely nuts how are we supposed to find sanity in this mess and I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals and they said Tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. To learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin, that's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 
877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. I won't even tell you who that was. Had nothing to do with the show or nothing to do with substance. Health advice on how to lose weight. Guy's unbelievable. Anyway, uh, we were talking about the border. I wanted you to hear Mayorkas because he's so awful. And the problem he has is he's defending the indefensible. What I was saying uh, before the break was the Democrat Party is doing this intentionally. This isn't a coincidence. It's not an accident. It's not a miscalculation. It's not incompetence. It is intentional. Now, if you do, and you do understand American Marxism, you understand they want to take down the country. There is no more effective way to take down the country than to have open borders and to destroy our culture at the same time, meaning there's really nothing for these people to assimilate into. Were they going to assimilate into the 1619 Project? Into a systemically white, racist society? Into an unimaginably inequitable capitalist society? So you have people pouring into this country by the millions who have their own cultures, their own histories, their own language, who are not assimilating into this country. And more and more, there's nothing to assimilate into because the main place where people were taught how to assimilate used to be our public schools. And the public schools are now the the focus of denationalization. There, I'll make up another word. And de-assimilation. I'll make up a second word. I'll coin it. Unless they're already out there. That's what's taking place. That's why Mayorkas is a bumbling buffoon. He's a fool. Because he's not going to admit to that. And the Republican senators were great. Absolutely great. But the cultural point is missed. And this is very, very important because it's missed by Republican after Republican after Republican. I want to give you one more example. Chris Christie's at the Semaphore Media Summit yesterday. Chris Christie has no job. I don't know what he does for a living. He must get paid well because I don't think he's missed any meals, Mr. Producer. Just saying. He's on the bread and all-carbo diet. And I say this not to mock him, but to give him friendly advice. Cut it out. But anyway, so he's attacking DeSantis, who's trying to put a stop to what Disney, which is a multi-billion dollar behemoth, is trying to do to the state of Florida. That's what started all this. A corporation which has these massive special subsidies and benefits by the taxpayers of Florida and has for half a century. Paying the incredible salaries and benefits of Bob Iger and other top executives, multi-millions. And they're using their corporation much the way Walmart has used itself in Arkansas to push an agenda on the public schools and to push an agenda on the state legislature. Now, what is the job of a governor? 
They are banning books. These are public schools. What do you mean banning books? They're not private homes. They're not private libraries. Decisions are made by somebody about what books are going to be in our elementary, middle, and high schools. Well, who's going to make the decision? Disney? The LGBTQ groups? The NEA and the AFT? Why? Why surrender the culture to them, the Democrat Party? Let's be honest. Why surrender it to them? Look what they're doing. Banning books. We've banned books all the time. You ban pornography, explicitly sexual graphics and descriptions in elementary school libraries. That's not banning books in the old sense of the, of the term. We're not talking about Huckleberry Finn and uh, books of that sort. We're talking about pornography and sexually explicit books for little kids. And if somebody did it in their home and showed films like this to their kids in home, the kids would be taken away from them. This is the modern-day Democrat Party, and they pretend they're civil libertarians. We favor smaller government. No, you don't. You favor big, iron-fisted, centralized government. You're Democrats. And so the idea you have a conservative governor who's pushing back and saying the culture doesn't belong to the Democrat Party. The culture doesn't belong to the perverts. The culture doesn't belong to the teachers' unions. That we're going to take a look at these things. And then he said, oh, he favors big government. No, he doesn't. It's a culture war, which we never fight. And finally, we are. That's exactly what Mayorkas is doing with immigration. If you can't assimilate into an American culture, you don't have an American culture. And if you don't have an American culture, you don't have an America. You don't have a rule of law. You have a hundred different cultures from the people coming into the country and bringing their own cultures. Not a melting pot. I want to address this further when I return. I'll be right back. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. Are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect their retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. Before I go on, I want to say this to you, the audience. I am deeply blessed by you. A lot of things 
took place. You know, I went down to Mar-a-Lago and interviewed President Trump for a two-part program on life, liberty, and Levin that was supposed to air two weeks ago. The first, the first uh, segment, the first show that is, and then the whole uh, Alvin Bragg thing took place. In any event. It was an unbelievable interview, not because of me, but because of him and because of his book it's called Letters to Trump. You won't believe these letters. Oprah, Alec Baldwin, Nixon, Obama. I can go on and on and on. Sports legends. Just so many people. He's had quite a life and what they said to him and about him. And he wrote them back. And it's a remarkable book. So I used the book as an interview tool, and he knew I would, as we went through some of these letters, and you'll see them, uh, to talk about history, to talk about present matters, to talk about him, to talk about the Democrats and Biden and what was being done to him, because they all kind of set the stage for a discussion. And as you know, when I interview somebody like that, I don't interrupt. I'm not there playing gotcha. I'm not there trying to show how smart I am. He's a smart man. I want him to show you what he's thinking about. And you learn a lot that way. And it was so fascinating. We went on for two hours. And then when I left Mar-a-Lago, of course, uh, he invited me to dinner. My wife wasn't with me. She was uh, out of the state. And, um, of course, I had dinner with him afterwards, and between the time I had interviewed him and the time I came back for dinner, Alvin Bragg had done his dirty work. And I had called and said, is the president sure he wants me back? And they said, yes. And I sat at the table with uh, the president, the former first lady, her parents, uh, Ike and Laura Perlmutter. One of the uh, the only conservative, really, that was on the board at Disney. And uh, much enjoyed it. Spent a lot of time, had a wonderful talk. But this is that interview that I've been chomping at the bit to present to you. It is as relevant as ever. It is fantastic because you're going to hear things from him. How he gets cerebral, how he gets uh, passionate and... Um, I think you're really going to like it. It's this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and all the rest. You're definitely going to want to set your DVR if you're not sure if you're going to watch it. Uh, But I think you're going to, it's just, I loved it. And, you know, when I ask questions, I'm I'm thinking about the audience. I'm thinking about you when I'm doing it, and I was just kind of, impressed with it. Now the left won't like it, but I don't do interviews for the left. I don't do interviews for the for the rotten, corrupt media. Alright, back to this. Oh, and by the way, so we ran a rerun this Sunday of my interview with Victor Davis Hanson for the full hour, and that gentleman is also beyond belief. That interview could have gone on for two hours. So we ran a, a rerun And um, it slaughtered CNN and Anderson Cooper, Mr. Producer. CNN brought Anderson Cooper on at 8 p.m. He's trying to take me on. They pulled him out of 60 minutes. 
they uh, promoted the hell out of a show. We didn't even promote my show because it was a rerun. Uh, and um, I think we had like, uh, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head, what's called a 1.6, and I think it had a 0.6 or a 0.7. I mean, it was, it was a, a massacre. And so they must be very depressed and glum over there at CNN and all those others who track this sort of thing. You've made Life, Liberty, and Levin a powerhouse program on Sunday night. It's that simple. Even when there's football, playoffs, World Series, hockey, basketball, it doesn't, <coughs> excuse me, it doesn't seem to matter. The Oscars, the, this award, the, that award, doesn't seem to matter. That's thanks to you. Circling back, so I, I think I laid the foundation, number one, explaining what Mayorkas was doing and really the outstanding questions that were presented to him and then making the further point that this is all intentional. And Mitt Romney's right, he deserves an F. Unless you're coming at it from his perspective, he gets an A double plus. He's destroying the country. He's destroying the capitalist system. He's destroying local police forces and hospitals and school systems. There's no better way than to destroy a country through unregulated open borders and this kind of foreign invasion. That's how Rome fell, ultimately. That's how Rome fell. Even the great Milton Friedman, a libertarian, <coughs> excuse me, who believed in open borders, but not if you have a welfare state. So he rejected the idea of open borders because we have such a massive welfare state. So Ron DeSantis has taken on this culture war, much like Donald Trump has taken on the culture war. There aren't many Republicans who have. Christy Noem has taken it on. Uh, some of the other Republican governors have taken it on, but... Guys like Chris Christie, it wouldn't even occur to him. Or Asa Hutchison, where the new governor, Sanders, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is having to clean up what he wouldn't do. And of course, in New Jersey, Chris Christie never stopped any of this stuff. Democrat Party still rules the roost. The radical left still controls the school systems. The, school, the teachers' unions are more powerful. My mouth broke and I said a bad word by accident. He sits there. It, it rhymes with sits there. So he sits there and shoots spitballs at everybody else who's actually effective. And he did this at something called the Semaphore Media Summit. That's why I said, what does Chris Christie do for a living? I don't know. Does anybody know? Anybody have any idea what Chris Christie does for a living? Cut six, go. I don't think Ron DeSantis is a conservative, based on his actions towards Disney. I mean, you know, where are we headed here now? Um, that if you express disagreement in this country, the government is allowed to punish you? To me, that's what I always thought liberals did. All right, let's stop. Well, Chris, you didn't lay the case out properly. It's not if 
somebody expresses disagreement that you're punished. This is a corporation that has a responsibility to the shareholders. Not to changing the state of education and policy in the state of Florida. And it is a corporation that hasn't been punished. It's been subsidized for half a century. So if putting it on an equal footing with all the other corporations in Florida, which is what capitalism is all about, and not subsidizing it, which is what conservatism is all about, how is that punishing them? I understand that they lose these unbelievable benefits that they've received from the state and the people of Florida. But that shouldn't be viewed as punishment. And so the playing field with all the other corporations that are now in Florida, including Universal, that doesn't get all these benefits and so forth, is now level. They're free to do whatever they want. They're free to do whatever they want at Disney in terms of substance. And they already have. I think Mickey's now wearing, uh, what's Mickey wearing? The rainbow colors now, I think? They changed all that? They can do whatever they want. And they are doing whatever they want. And they're destroying themselves. But it doesn't mean the state government has to subsidize them. It doesn't mean the state government forever, decisions made by Democrats back in the 1970s, has to allow the city of Disney to exist. Unlike any other type of situation in the state of Florida, probably in the, in the entire country. I don't know, in New Jersey, is that what you did, Chris, for the various... Uh, Tourism and entertainment places? What'd you do with Six Flags? Didn't they go broke or something, Mr. Producer? They used to be in New Jersey. Did you give them a city? Where they can have their own police force and fire department and trash companies and have their own zoning rules and environmental rules and, and all that? Did you do that, Chris? I'm just curious. Did you do that for Six Flags? Is that conservatism? Is that capitalism? Now, as far as Disney goes, when it comes to a disagreement, Disney was taking resources to support the efforts of the Democrat Party and the teachers' union to teach the kids in Florida about gender and sexuality and gender choices in elementary schools. And the governor said, no, I'm the governor of this state, not Bob Iger. Not the chairman of the board and the CEO of Disney. I'm the governor. Those are our government schools. And that, in part, is what was taking place. So according to Chris Christie, you're all over. Otherwise, you're not a conservative. And this is the damn problem. This is the problem. And Chris Christie's looking for some kind of relevancy... Some kind of lane to attract Republican voters. He's not going to. So the next best thing for a guy like this is to attract media attention. Why? 
Because I don't know what the hell he does for a living. He's trying to do something. You know, he came out with a book. I think it sold 12 copies. He was on Meet the Depressed. He faced the nation. He went on this. He went on. He sold like 20-some hundred copies in the first week. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Nobody wanted him. And when you subtract his family and friends, he probably sold 17. I don't know. How is it that nobody wants to hear from Chris Christie, but... We have to hear from Chris Christie. How is it that nobody wants to hear from Joe Scarborough, but we have to hear from Joe Scarborough? These people are irrelevancies. That's what they are. They're irrelevant. They're irrelevant. But I enjoy using them as foils for a teaching moment. Chris Christie can't fight the culture wars because he doesn't even realize they're taking place. He's moronic. Chris Sununu, who's on a constant sugar high, running around like a four-year-old with a helium balloon and a, and a big lollipop in the other hand. Chris Sununu can't fight the culture wars because he's moronic. Asa Hutchinson, they all gave in to the culture wars. They all tolerated this. None of them fought it. And then they, they clothed themselves as the real small government constitutional conservatives. That's the joke. When all they are is roadkill for the Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, Tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. To learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. So apparently the National Pubic Radio uh, Network and the pubic broadcasting system do not like do not like to be called what is it mr producer state-funded media but that's what they are they're state-funded and so they're not tweeting anymore what a great loss state-affiliated media but they are NPR, PBS, they are state-affiliated media, and I don't even know why they still exist, given all the media that's out there. We have like 1,200 cable channels. Why do we need them? And if they have a good show, you know, that'll pick, be picked up by a private company. It's my view, anyway. Does anybody know what Chris Christie does for a living? Anybody? Does anybody know what Andrew Cuomo does for a living, Mr. Producer? All these ex-governors. Maybe they've opened up a law firm, don't you think? <laughs> Cuomo and Christie, what exactly, 
would they do? What kind of law would they practice? I have a guess. I assume uh, Christie would specialize in the FDA, wouldn't he, Mr. Producer? Especially the F part, the food part, Food and Drug Administration. And uh, what would Cuomo do? Couldn't be senior citizen care, no. That wouldn't exactly work out. What do these, I'm telling you the truth, what do these ex-governors do from New York and, and New Jersey for a living? I mean, Christie's everywhere, nobody even asks him, what do you do? Other than to hang around, you know, TV studios. What do you do, Chris? And appear on my buddy Hugh Hewitt's show uh, on a regular basis. Why, I don't know. Hugh, 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 upgrade your guest list, for God's sakes. Upgrade your guest list. The Fall of the FBI. There was a book just written. The Fall of the FBI. And it's written by a former FBI agent, and not just any former FBI agent, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Baker. And this came to my attention by a short book review by a gentleman by the name of Glenn K. Beaton, B-E-A-T-O-N. Great book review, short and sweet. And in this book, and in this book review, they point to really two recent FBI directors who've destroyed the agency. And for different reasons. One is Mueller. Mueller. Can you guess who the other one is, Mr. Producer? Recent. Comey. And I want to get into this a little bit with you, because the FBI, when I was chief of staff to the Attorney General of the United States, was really a fantastic operation from the top to the bottom, the bottom up, middle out. Highly respected, highly regarded, and for good reason. And today it's not. And let's talk about that when I return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. It be me, Mark Levin here. Glad you're there. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. What happened at the FBI? Now, neither I nor a book review can do a book justice. But I want to ask you, Mr. Producer, the fall of the FBI is written by Thomas Baker. We should have him on the program, see if we can grab him next week. And we can talk to him directly. This isn't just some former FBI agent. This gentleman, well, he was the legal attache to the U.S. Embassy in France, as pointed out by Glenn Beaton. Why does that matter? When Princess Di was killed in a car crash in Paris, remember? And... Uh, 
So he was in the neighborhood and he sped to the scene, arriving just minutes later. He became in charge of the investigation. And as this review says, he was cross-examined by infamous lawyer F. Lee Bailey in the trial of a mobster. Bailey lost that case. You get the flavor. It's a real-life story, something like the stories that we remember on TV, the FBI. Remember that? F. Simbolist Jr.? The rest of the book describes the sad decline in the culture of the Bureau. Baker traces it to 9-11. The director at the time during 9-11 was Robert Mueller. The same Mueller who years later supervised the investigation of President Trump for allegations of colluding with the Russians. Allegations that were ultimately shown to be as groundless as they were explosive. He and his counterpart at the CIA were summoned to the White House to brief President George W. Bush days after the 9-11 attack. And Mueller explained to the President what the Bureau was doing to identify the perpetrators, exactly what the Bureau was supposed to do. Frustrated with Mueller and understandably still upset by the horrific terrorism, Bush snapped that he, he just wanted to make sure it didn't happen again. The CIA director then told Bush what his agency was doing to make sure it didn't. Mueller left humiliated. His takeaway was that the Bureau needed to shift focus toward intelligence gathering, even if it meant sacrificing resources for law enforcement. The Bureau became fewer cops and more spies. And Mueller's successor was the notorious James Comey, whom Baker calls a charlatan, whose tenure as director was a disaster for the Bureau, Baker writes. Baker's indisputably right, even if you consider only the Bureau's reputation. But Baker points out that the disaster extends beyond reputation and well into substance. Comey had all of Mueller's bad instincts for centralization and control by bureaucrats and more. Comey seldom got into the nitty-gritty of the Bureau work, but instead floated above it all. Baker didn't use the word, but I will, the review says. Comey was lazy. Like many lazy people, he was also arrogant. Arrogant in thinking he was so smart he could do the job without working hard. It was obvious from any of his pompous speeches that what he loved most was attention. This guy's got it right on, Glenn Beaton. It was the laziest, the laziness, arrogance. <laughs> Let me try it again. It was the laziness, arrogance, and attention craving that led Comey to substitute his political leanings, his hatred for Trump, for professional law enforcement procedures that were respectful of the legal process and required quiet, hard work within it. Comey had a political agenda to get Trump. And he figured his agenda was a good and right one, and that the ends he uncovered in an investigation by the newly intelligence-driven FBI, namely the Russian collusion, he wishfully thought had taken place, would ultimately justify the dishonesty and laziness of his means of uncovering it. 
He imagined that in doing so, he would be a public hero who might even make the spooks at the CIA a little jealous. He was proven wrong. Mueller, in his history, unequivocally decided there was no Russian collusion. Comey's no hero. And the only scandal was the investigation itself, a scandal that respected prosecutor John Dorham has been in turn investigating for a very long time. Baker's too modest to expand his book about the rotting culture of the FBI and do a commentary about society in general. But I'm not, writes the author of the review. Like Comey, the left and increasingly mainstream Democrats have decided that their political opponents are not only mistaken but illegitimate. Democrats coddle criminals and want to exterminate Republicans. In the end, they seek one-party rule, something I've been talking about now for several years, and there's no question about it. And they are willing to employ any means to achieve that end. In America's major cities, they've already achieved it, and we see the results. Willfully blind to basic notions of honesty and fair play, and incapable of the art of persuasion, they instead riot, shout down speakers, cancel careers, make death threats against Supreme Court justices after slandering them with false allegations. They circumvent both the political and legal process by fabricating wild and defamatory pee-pee stories, tricking judges into approving illegal surveillance, and employing (laughs) the firepower of the FBI. Their unscrupulous allies in the so-called news media report their defamatory accusations on page one but report the debunking of them on page 19, if at all. And so, Tom Baker has written this book, and we're going to have, we'll see if we can get Tom Baker on the program to discuss this. And it's gotten worse since, has it? (laughs) It's gotten much worse since. And one day the book will be written about how they've been treating the former president, Trump. Little good it'll do us today. Little good it'll do the country today. Because the gentleman's right. He's right. And I've been saying this for years, which is the, what's going on at the FBI is illustrative of what's going on throughout the country. The abuse of institutions the rejection of traditions and customs, the lawlessness, the attack on society and the culture, the effort to bring the whole system down. I'm gratified by one thing. People are more and more using the word Marxist. I hear President Trump use it. I hear members of Congress now using it. We can't play games. We can't play patty cakes here, folks. We cannot save ourselves or even have a shot at it if we don't acknowledge what we're up against and speak the truth about it. The FBI is now, in many respects, a dangerous organization. And I can assure you the things that I am telling you on the air to millions of you has not lost their attention, Mr. Producer. I'm considered without question one of the enemies of the state, and yet I love and adore the country and the Constitution. 
I posted something today on social media that we've talked about before. And I'm going to get an answer to this. 13 of my email messages wound up in the hands of the government. The Democrat Party. The Never Trumpers on the January 6th committee. There had been a subpoena of documents against John Eastman. A couple of these, or if not all of them, most of them, of these emails reflected a debate he and I were having over the Constitution, a discussion utterly benign to the events of January 6th. Really nothing to do with them. And uh, Eastman had not turned those documents over to anybody yet. He was fighting their release. So it wasn't him, and it wasn't his lawyers, and it wasn't his eventual release. So where did they get them from? I know they had them because a lawyer for Fox told me that the committee said they had them. These are police state tactics. These are the tactics of the Stasi. These are the tactics of the modern Democrat Party. They use a committee hearing to somehow access my email. For all I know, they access all my data. I have no idea. The issue isn't I have nothing to hide and that sort of thing. The issue is we're in America. And these people who claim to be defending democracy, they don't even know what they're defending. They're defending, if they claim, republicanism, but nonetheless, defending democracy against Donald Trump and MAGA and all the rest. These people are destroying it. And the Democrats go along, the ACLU's perfectly happy, the ADL's perfectly happy, the whole alphabet soup, no problem, because all Democrats. And all these anti-American activities are being undertaken by Democrats. I'll be right back. Mark Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Talk about the FBI and the Department of Justice. Meanwhile, the Biden crime family, it's just unbelievable what these people get away with. 
Congressional probe uncovers ties between Biden campaign security letter dismissing Hunter laptop. Which is something that makes sense, but, you know, you got to determine it. Got to get the evidence. So the Biden campaign was probably behind the security letter, which attempted to mislead the American people, that the Russians were behind the laptop story. Does that bother anybody out there? Does that bother anybody out there? Republicans now believe the letter that falsely portrayed laptop as disinformation was a consequential interference in the last presidential election. Aided by two Obama-era witnesses. Two Obama-era witnesses. Congressional investigators led by House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan have developed the first evidence that a letter from security experts that falsely dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation during the 2020 election. And by the way, every major news organization ran with that, including the New York Slimes, had ties to Joe Biden's presidential election. Jordan told Just the News he expects to release a report from the House panel on weaponization of government towards the end of the month that lays out evidence and the players behind the letter, which many Republicans now say was consequential interference in the last presidential election. Clearly, you look at the interference in the election by the FBI, by the Democrats, by the media, it's just incredible. It was all done with politics, and it looks like there was some real connections with the Biden campaign, Jordan said during an interview with John Solomon. For most of the last two years, the letter from 51 national security officials. You remember that letter? That was intended to blow smoke. Has been portrayed as an organic effort from the intelligence community. I don't believe in organic efforts. Remember that National School Board Association letter? That actually came from White House staff and Department of Justice staff and Department of Education staff as well as the teachers' unions working very closely with the National School Board Association. None of this stuff is organic. It's to raise concerns that the emergence of Hunter Biden's laptop in the fall 2020 could be tied to a foreign power, meaning Russia. But it's been proven authentic. The office of the director of the National Intelligence has said it did not involve a foreign disinformation campaign. You know... John Ratcliffe said that early on, from day one. He was the acting director of the National Intelligence Office. But before the letter was debunked, it was used to censor stories online, used to censor the New York Post, just the news and other outlets, and what has been described by former President Donald Trump, Jordan, and many others as interference in the election. And I also remember our friends at uh, the Media Research Center, our buddy Brent Bozell has made it clear that they looked at all the numbers and they said that, look, had this been known, had the contents been known, Joe Biden, our putative president, would not even have been a putative president. He would have lost. Jordan said his investigators have derived valuable information from transcribed interviews from two former CIA officials from the Obama era. 
former acting director Mike Morell and Nick Shapiro, a former advisor to ex-director John Brennan. It seems to me that one of the key players here is Mike Morell, that he was one of a kind of coordinating this, working this together, Jordan said. Then there are a few other folks. We've talked to Nick Shapiro. Shapiro, I think, was the one kind of coordinating the outreach to the legacy media and how they wanted this story presented. So much of what you see are lies. Morrell currently works at, as a contributor at CBS News. Shapiro, who worked as former President Obama's national security spokesman before rising to deputy CIA director under Brennan, did not respond to comments. Jordan said the specific ties of the Biden campaign will be divulged in the interim report. And what do you think the media are going to do with that report, America? Think they're going to ignore it? Oh, it's just the Republicans. Isn't it amazing? The Republicans control the House. They're doing a tremendous job on these investigations. They're gathering all kinds of crucial information. But people who read the New York Times and the Washington Post... People who watch the network nightly news programs, people who watch Meet the Depress or Deface the Nation or the rest of them, they never hear about them. They don't know a thing about them. Nothing. Same with the people who watch the very bizarre-looking Joe Scarborough with his bulbous W.C. Fields nose. And I say that not to attack him or to be critical. But just to point out the obvious, Mr. Producer, no? All right, I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Just because I'm struggling a little bit with my voice, we always tend to have very, very good callers here. Every now and then, we hit a rut. But most of the time, we don't. We, we go into the gene pool and we come out with really smart people. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Yes. Max Manchester, New Hampshire, Sirius Satellite. Max, go right ahead, please. Hi, great one. It's uh, fantastic to speak with you. How are you today? I'm great. I'm not in, I'm not enamored with your goofball governor, but I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, I hear you. Sununu, he is what it is. But, uh, mm-hmm. boy, 
I feel like I have 787 million reasons to talk to you. Oh, the guy takes a shot at Tucker Carlson. We're not going to put up with that here. We can't allow that here because Tucker's not here to defend himself. All right, let's move on. Let's take another call. (laughs) WBAP, Chris Arlington, Texas. Go right ahead. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Mark. Pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, sir. I just wanted to uh, express my displeasure, I guess. Uh, I just got back from my tax preparation office, and she showed me where my rate went up from 19% to 22%, which I'm not a rich guy, obviously. Just barely scrapped by. Uh, Made almost identical (laughs) from last year to this year. So how did that happen? Well, because the tax rate went up, uh, you know. But, you know, the, the, the thing that bothers me is that steaming sack of manure uh, that's occupying the Oval Office that says... How dare you, sir? You make under $400,000, you're not going to pay a penny more. Oh, no, you're not going to pay a penny more. You're going you're gonna to pay several hundred dollars more. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. No, no, about- and, and everybody is affected by inflation, the gasoline prices, the food prices. I mean, it doesn't have to be a direct direct tax. That's why one of the most insidious taxes is inflation, and the Democrats are better at it than anybody else. So they massively spend, they create inflation. Uh, you're poorer for it, they're richer for it, the government is. And it's like all the rules of economics go out the window, all the rules of fiscal accountability and responsibility go out the window. Joe Biden announces a man who's never left Washington, D.C. in terms of his career, and he announces that the more you spend, the more you'll lower inflation. I mean, what a head case. Seriously, this is why you had to cheat to get through school, because he's an idiot. Mark, All right, you remember my... what they did to uh, George Bush Sr. whenever he said no new taxes? Remember what happened? Yeah, they ruined him. Yeah, of course, he yeah. ruined himself, but they would remind him. You're right. It's an excellent point. No taxes on anybody under 400000 and there's Biden every day. It's a great point. The media just let him slide. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets that, he gets that pass. Because the media well, hate the you, country. thank you, sir, for taking my call, and uh, I'll talk All to right, you All right, Texas, take care of yourself. Who's next, Mr. Producer? XM Satellite, Dave, Virginia Beach. Dave, how are you, sir? Great. How are you doing? Very um, well. Thank you, my friend. You're just, per- you're just the person with the qualifications to answer this. Mm-hmm. You know, the FISA warrants and things, Patriot Act, I knew we probably needed it in some ways. But I knew mm-hmm. without a doubt that someone would abuse it. And sure as heck, they did. Mm-hmm. And now they're using it on Americans and the president. Why don't it's up for reauthorization? Why don't we propose that two lawyers, a Democrat pick and a Republican pick, have to be in the court to represent anonymously any American citizen that they want to do a FISA warrant on? Well, I, and, I, I, I'm not even sure this whole system should stand now. So let's start over, is what I would say, rather than trying to reform what exists. Now, we know we have enemies out there, and we've got to deal with them. 
But we also know that we have a federal government that uses these laws against us now. And so we need to take a close look at that. So I can't say yes or no, two lawyers, one from each party. I mean, there are Republican lawyers who really suck, you know. So uh, I think we need to take a much closer look at this. And uh, I used to support these laws. Uh, not so much anymore, quite frankly. It's, at least that there was somebody there to ask the question. Well, you're yeah. right. that You can't have a system where it's the government and the court. And that's it. Because yeah. we can't rely on the FBI anymore. We know they lied over and over and over again. The FBI is now a disreputable organization. That doesn't mean everybody there is disreputable. It's a disreputable organization. It's sad. A lawyer there to say, is this verified? <laughs> no, no, I understand your point, sir. For the third time, I got it. I got it. I'm not sure if that's the answer. I don't know yet. But you're right. Somebody needs to be in there apart from just the executive branch and the judge. I got it. I don't disagree. But a lawyer, I don't know who that should be. I don't know how this should be done. We've got to think it through carefully. It's got to be somebody that's got some clout, not just one lawyer from each party. All right, my friend. Good idea. I appreciate it. I got your point. Trust me. All right, Mr. Producer, who's next? On the Mark Levinac, Graham from Vancouver, Washington. Could you be further away from the East Coast than Vancouver, Washington, Graham? I'm not sure I want to be any closer to the East Coast. No, I'm I don't blame you. on the West Coast, Mark. Yeah, but you are getting close to Hawaii, so you got to watch out. <laughs> Mark, in my hand here, I have the Liberty Amendments, and it is the 10th anniversary. 2023 is the 10th anniversary of the Liberty Amendments. Is that right? I hadn't even thought of that. It is correct, sir, at least according to the print. Well, that would be true. Yes. Yeah. If you had to write that book again in today's yeah. climate, because I know mm -hmm. how far we've come in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Would you, I know this is a deep question, a deep dive, but would you add? It's a great question any, that's coming. I can tell what it is. Go ahead. Would I add amendments to it? Probably would. Yes. Yeah. I probably would. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, the system that the founders, excuse me, that the framers set up in Article 5, if we can become a little bit used to it, rather than allow the fear mongers in Washington and the left-wing groups try to chase us off from it, because they like what they've done to our government, our Constitution, and our rights. If we can get people more comfortable with it, uh, it doesn't mean that those are the 10, or, or 11 actually, amendments that I recommended, and that's it. In other words, maybe there's six of those, maybe there's three others, maybe I can write an addition to that book, I don't know. But the point is, uh, it's it's not the end-all and be-all. There's some other ideas out there that we may have to come up with in order to address the the abuses of the government. But what a great question. Really, that was a great question. And, of course, now in uh, Washington State, uh, if you have children and you don't uh, submit them to the school system and other bureaucrats to determine what their sexuality is, should they raise questions about their sexuality, you understand your children could be taken from you. It just hasn't gotten bad enough yet, Mark, I guess. I guess. Something's got to give. All right, man, great call. Great question.
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Did you see where the, that basketball player, I forget his name. He's a great, Westbrook. You've heard of him, Mr. Producer? He's being trashed by some guy in one of the boxes, you know, some of the rich guys or friends of rich guys. Just endlessly berating the guy. So during halftime, he uh, he walks up to the box. And he tells the guy, in his own way, to cut it out. Tells him it. He doesn't threaten him. Doesn't raise a hand. Just tells him to cut it out. And the guy's real. Well, be a man. Look, look who's talking, punk. <laughs> And now they're investigating him. The, the NBA is investigating Westbrook. I happen to agree with Westbrook. It's Westbrook, right, Rich? He's one of the... Uh... <clears throat> Do you know, or are you just uh, saying yes? Yeah. That's the name, right? I read it, Russell Westbrook. And I happen to agree with Russell Westbrook. He didn't lay a hand on the guy. He didn't threaten the guy. He told him to cut it out. Isn't that what everybody else would do? Whether you're at a sporting event or something, that's the least you would do is tell the guy to cut it out. So I don't know why they're investigating him. How about that fat slob loudmouth who was in the uh, box? Now, I'm not sure that they should do anything to him either. But if he got scared, that's his problem. Nobody wants to be called names and all the rest of it. Just because you're a professional athlete, look, I barely stand up for these guys. But just because you're a professional athlete and you're on a basketball court, doesn't mean people can call you whatever the hell they want to. You're still a person, right? You can take some bad mouth, you know, you suck, oh, you missed the shot. But the constant berating, or worse, name-calling, that... You know, that, resp- that requires some responsibility. And if the guy's going to walk up to the box and say, cut it out, MFR, doesn't raise a hand, there's no threat, there's security guards there. I saw the video, I saw the clip. I have no problem with it, none. 
Because it's, again, look. <laughs> I used to go to Veterans Stadium. You know who played in Veterans Stadium, Mr. Producer? The Phillies. I used to watch the Phillies play. Never got to a football game. But the fans are tough in Philadelphia. You may have heard that. Well, it's true. And one of the reasons is the beer flows endlessly there. But anyway, people in Philadelphia, like most other cities, take their sports seriously. But in Philly, they take it real seriously. And you have generations of family members who cheer for the various teams. And so it's not like I'm some wimp on this thing. I used to go to doubleheaders. When I was a kid, you can go to the a doubleheader. They would sometimes have special tickets where they were. You're not going to believe this. $2.50 for two games. And you'd sit in the bleachers out in left field or center or right field. I mean, we'd make a whole day of the damn thing. And we had a blast. And some people were raucous. We stayed away from them, typically. And most of them were big guys, you know. So I get all that. But on the other hand, if you're a player and the basketball court's a little bit uh, more intimate than a baseball field, and you hear some guy screaming at the top of his lungs, I mean, if they're up in a box, a skybox, that means somebody's yelling at the top of their lungs and yelling down onto the court. So much so that Westbrook could tell who it was and where it was. Well, why the hell shouldn't he walk up there and tell the guy what he did? Well, you know, he's had an interaction with fans before. I'm not talking about before. I'm not talking about after. I'm talking about right then, right there. He didn't lay a hand on anybody. He just told the guy to cut it out. The guy was still honorary. Because, you know, there were security guards there, so he knew nothing was going to happen. Anyway, just point that out. From time to time, we have to comment on the culture. It's not that I want to. It's that from time to time, we have to. Well, today is officially tax day, isn't it, Mr. Producer? So for half the country, they don't even know what tax day is. You aware of that, Rich? Yeah, he knows this from, from what we've talked about in the past. Half the country has no idea what federal income tax day is. Because they don't pay any federal income taxes. Another percentage of that half that doesn't pay federal income taxes gets back tax returns, tax money. Even though they never paid into it, they get money back. It's called welfare, but you're not allowed to call it that. But for the rest of us, it's a major league pain in the ass. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number in the Power Hour, 877-381-3811. Hello, hello, 877-381-3811. 3811, thank you for being with us. Do you happen to know the name of the Secretary of Education? Oh, Mark, come on. Do you? I bet you don't. Miguel Cordona. You don't know the name, I bet, of the Secretary of Commerce? I mean, if I don't look, I don't either. And so forth and so on. And yet these people control your lives. And imagine the next layer, the deputies and then the associates, then the assistants, then the massive federal leviathan, the bureaucracy, the administrative state, the swamp. They have so much to say about what you can and cannot do, and yet we don't even know who they are. Can you imagine having a secretary of education who won't define what a woman is? Like a Supreme Court Associate Justice who wouldn't define what a woman is. She's the first black woman on the Supreme Court, but she won't define what she is. Is it because women don't know what they are? No. Of course not. And uh, this is all about controlling language and controlling thought processes. It's all about controlling you through language and through thought processes. This is a party, the Democrat Party, that pretends to believe in science. Really? Science fiction is pretty much what they believe in. Otherwise, they don't believe in science, whether it's masks, whatever it is. Whether it's babies, when babies are born. They don't believe in science. They believe in science fiction. And they throw that word science around very loosely. Miguel Cardona is asked by Representative Andrew Clyde to define what a woman is. Now, I always enjoy this because it's so pathetically obvious what's going on here. Cut 12, go. Can you please tell me, or can you please define for me, what is a woman? Uh, our focus at the department is to provide equal access to students, including students who are uh, LGBTQ, uh, access free from discrimination. Is that, so what's the, def, what's the definition of a woman? You haven't given me that. You haven't answered my well, question. I think that's almost secondary to the important role that I have as Secretary of Education. My question is not sure secondary. My question is very simple. What is the def, what does HHS say the definition of a woman is? Uh, I lead the Department of Education, and my job is to make sure that all students have access to public education, which includes co-curricular activities. And I think you highlighted pretty 
well the importance of Title IX and giving students equal access, whether it's scholarship and facilities. Okay, so you're not going to answer my question. Well. well, it's a very tough question for the Secretary of Education. It's a very tough question for a Supreme Court justice. What is a woman? And what this is evidence of, it's not funny. What this is evidence of is this effort by the ruling class to control you by language and to control your thought processes. You will say somebody is a woman when it benefits the Democrat Party. Otherwise, you won't. Your thinking process must be a process that benefits the power grabbing of the Democrat Party. Not common sense, not rationality, not reasonableness, not logic. You must learn to think so that your thinking process conforms with what the Democrat Party is seeking to do. You must use their language. You must use their language. This is all new. It's all new to us, but it is what it is. This is Marxism. I've been reading books lately that talk about how Marxists approach language, for God's sakes. But this is it. And how Marxists use language to control your thinking, to control you. And you must comply with it. So he's not going to say that. Next question from Representative Robert Alderholt. Cut 13, go. A uh, mediocre male athlete can simply identify as a female and go on to dominate women's sports. Simply put, I would just have to ask you to think, do you think this is fair to biological girls? Thank you, Chairman Adderhall. Uh, Our focus at the Department of Education is to provide equal access, free from discrimination, uh, to students. As we know, uh, Title IX has helped over the last 50 years uh, provide opportunities for girls and uh, wait a minute what, 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 what? what's a girl somebody should have jumped in what do you mean by girl if you can't define woman can you define girl that would have been a real showstopper mr. producer that would have been a hurdle beyond which this man could jump go ahead going to make sure that For example, the training facilities for girls has the same attention and funding as it does for boys. All right, that's Um, not what he asked you. You know that's not what he asked you. You're a flim-flam artist. You're a weasel. He talked about a mediocre male athlete can simply identify as a female and go into a dominant woman's sport. He didn't ask you about equality and equity, and he he asked you if that's okay, and you never answered it. You know why? You know why, America? Because it is okay with him. The Republicans in Congress are preparing to pass a bill that prevents the federal government from authorizing or supporting or providing legal support for biological males getting into women's sports at the public school and college levels. Biden has threatened to veto it. Biden has threatened to veto it. Now let's try one more. 
We have John Molinar, another Republican. He has a question for the Secretary of Education about school choice. Cut 14, go. The Washington, D.C. Opportunity Scholarships, Mm -hmm. are you supportive of that? Effort. You know, I, I certainly want to make sure we support the students that are in the program now, but, sir, I don't believe federal dollars should be used for voucher programs. So you're opposed mm-hmm. to that? I, I don't want to. I want to make sure the students that are in the program now are supported, uh, but I don't believe in using federal dollars to support voucher programs. Those are not federal dollars. Those are taxpayer dollars. And those dollars would go toward educating children. You know, the federal government blows so much money, even when they claim to be spending on an education. It's absolutely outrageous. Hundreds of billions of dollars over the course of several years. But he doesn't want to use federal dollars to support voucher programs. These programs are intended to help poor kids who are mostly minorities who are in communities that have truly lousy schools, no matter how much money they pour into it, no matter how much the teachers are paid, no matter how much goes on, they're lousy, lousy schools, and they're not going to get any better, period. And paying the educational bureaucracy more money doesn't make them better. And maybe they're a crime-infested neighborhood and a crime-infested school, So a loving parent or parents want their kid to go to a good school like most loving parents do so they can get a proper education and make something of themselves and get out of the the cycle of violence and the rest of it. This guy doesn't support it. He doesn't favor federal dollars to support voucher programs. Why? Why not? They have federal dollars for everything else, including health care for illegal aliens. Why? Because they don't believe in anything but government, centralized, controlled by the ruling class. That's why. If people actually learn, read books, different philosophers, truly read about the American founding, the philosophers behind the principles that are in the Declaration and the Constitution rather than the crap that they're fed by the New York Times and the 1619 Project and BLM and all the rest of it, you're going to have independent-thinking human beings who are going to be thinking about liberty. They're going to be thinking about entrepreneurship. They're going to be thinking about what has held them back, government, and certain ruling class groups and individuals. That the Democrat Party cannot stand. Period. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. 
Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash L-E-V-I-N. Something else you want to hear anywhere else. It's not just tax day today. Today is International Holocaust Remembrance Day, also known in Hebrew as Yom HaShoah, the day of catastrophe. And this day commemorates the anniversary of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, this year marking 80 years also commemorates the slaughter of six million Jews by the Nazi regime. And in countries around the world, there are ceremonies in honor of the victims. Now, it's conceivable that the White House put out a statement. I didn't actually hear Joe Biden talk about this. Did you, Mr. Producer? You want to see if they put out a statement at the White House? Now, interestingly, in Israel, the Day of Remembrance also starts with the sounding of a siren. I don't know if you've gone on the internet, if you've seen this. At that time, all work stops. People who are walking stop walking. Cars and other vehicles, they pull off to the side of the road. Everyone gets out of their vehicles, regardless of their background, their politics, their ideology. And everyone stands at silent attention for a period of two minutes in memory of and reverence to the victims of the Holocaust. I have not seen this mentioned 80 years now since the Warsaw Ghetto, 80 years, on any major broadcast platform or a minor broadcast platform. It's all been about Fox and Dominion and Trump, media, media matters, all of them. Do you see anything, Mr. Producer? We're still looking. The fact that we have to keep looking tells you plenty. Oh, we tweeted something yesterday? Okay, so we tweeted something yesterday. But you don't hear anything really about this. He tweeted. Isn't that great? Nobody knows where he is today. Nobody knows where he was yesterday. I don't know if he tweeted it or somebody else did. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm no fan of his in any respect. And on this day, in the Middle East... The Jerusalem Post is reporting Iran will destroy Tel Aviv Haifa at slightest Israeli action, says Rassi. Rassi? Oh, yes. He's the Iranian president, Ibrahim Rassi. They call him a moderate. 
Today he threatened to destroy Tel Aviv and Haifa at the slightest provocation in a speech he delivered during the country's National Army Day parade that fell on Israel's Holocaust Remembrance Day. He said the slightest mistake against our country will respond with a harsh response will be accompanied by the destruction of Haifa and Tel Aviv. What he means is nuclear weapons. The enemies of the Islamic Revolution. Hey, dummy. Hey, moron. Hey, throwback to the uh, ninth century. Let me tell you something. Your own people can't stand you, you rackfink. As you slaughter them. Capital murder by the government against the people of Iran is up by 100%. As they rape and torture their girls. Some religious fundamentalists, huh? Rossi also called the United States forces to leave the Middle East, stating extra regional forces, especially American forces, should leave the region as soon as possible because they threaten the security of the region. I bet my friend Seton's all for that. as are many who don't understand, in my view, nothing personal, how so many of these countries function. It's not the beginning or the end. It's not our fault. We're not the provocateurs. Now, the truth is, hate crimes and anti-Semitism, not by you folks, obviously, is going through the roof in this country. Part of that is due to open borders and immigration, including from the Middle East and other parts of the world, of course. A lot of that is a result of the American Marxist movement, which hates America, which hates Israel and hates Jews. Marxism has always hated Jews. Well, you might say, well, some Jews were involved. Yeah. But as the ideology is practiced and instituted, they suffer, as do most people. But the bottom line is this. In this country, it's barely been talked about by this administration. The Democrat Party barely talks about it. Why? Because the the Democrat Party, despite all the talk about the Klan and the neo-Nazis, which are horrendous, but minimal, The anti-Semitism and the racist ideology of the far left is spreading like a poison. It's spreading like a poison. And this president, his Department of Justice, have done damn little to try and stem the tide. Damn little. They barely even talk about it. So I'll move on. I just wanted you to know what today was, uh, because uh, otherwise you wouldn't, would you? And Iran's response, as Iran continues to build nuclear weapons, and I can just tell you this. That little country, Israel, is not going to put up with it forever. You better put your seatbelt on. And it's not Trump. Joe Biden, it's you and your administration that has greased the skids for this. Under Trump, the Iranian regime was on its last legs. 
its economy was imploding. You came in and gave them everything they wanted and needed. Because you're a schmuck. I'll be right back. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty, and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash Levin, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, I think an apology is in order. And that's what you do when you're wrong. I just spent the break digging up and seeing what Biden put out. It's actually a pretty good statement. So I want to apologize for that. I want to get these things correct when I when I don't. And so I wanted to say there was a very good statement that he put out on Monday. And that's what you do when you're wrong, or that's when you do when you make an error. And I've got no problem with it. So Biden actually put out a very good statement. It would be nice if he actually supported the state of Israel. But he's a funny way of showing it, by giving uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to Palestinian terrorists in violation of the Taylor Force Act. But uh, that's another story. Every night I have to come here and talk to you about what some blue state, some blue city, or the moron in the White House is trying to ban. States and towns consider banning gas-powered leaf blowers on lawnmowers, Mr. Producer. I guess they have to be electric, too. <laughs> this electrical grid better be expanded by, by 100 times because it's not going to work. In the first year of the COVID pandemic, a number of residents in the affluent New York City suburbs of Westfield, New Jersey, discovered that being home all day had an unexpected drawback. The constant roar of leaf blowers. Oh, I'm sorry. It became much more apparent to people who were attempting to work from home or attend school from home that there was this irritation in the environment constantly. Westfield resident Lois Krauss told Yahoo News. You know what's funny about that? I do all my work from my office or my home, and I love to hear the lawnmowers going and the uh, leaf blowers. I love to hear the activity going on. And then there's nothing that smells as good as freshly cut grass to me. Reminds me when I was a kid and we were cutting lawns all the time. So I like the noise. But let's hear what Lois Krauss had to say. By November 2020, when fall leaf season had peaked, 
Some of them had had enough. Crowds joined forces with residents of Montclair, another leafy New Jersey town, co-found advocates for transforming landscaping in New Jersey. With the mission of getting state residents to adopt more sustainable landscaping practices. In other words, yentas who are annoying everybody. They are part of a decentralized nationwide movement that has seen more than 100 local governments, including four towns in New Jersey and Washington, D.C., enact at least partial bans on gas-powered leaf blowers used in recent years. Some bans are seasonal, allowing use at peak leaf times of the year. All Democrat hellholes. In October 2021, California passed a law requiring that all small off-road engines used in the state be zero emissions by 2024. In practice, that means only electric lawn tools will be allowed. It's <laughs> We are so regressing. We are devolving. We are unraveling. And if there's not a plug near you to charge the battery or to plug in the electric device, then what? What do you do if you own five acres? As spring gardening season starts, other state legislatures, including those in New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island. Let's see, New Jersey, New York, Rhode Island. What do they have in common, Mr. Producer? Democrats! are currently considering similar proposals as our local governments from Dallas to South Portland, Maine. I'm focused on how do we take as much of those harmful particulates out of our atmosphere as we can. Dallas City Council member Paula Blackman told Yahoo News. You know, there's no end to this, America. There's no end to this. Blackman, who has a son with asthma, I have asthma too, so what? So we're going to get rid of lawnmowers and leaf blowers? That's causing my asthma? Has been working on a proposal to reduce use of gas-powered lawn equipment to mitigate Dallas's air pollution. What air pollution? Which he hopes will be discussed in the council by August. What have we become? What a bunch of weak-kneed weasels. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, we got to get rid of the lawnmower. I mean, can you imagine what the World War II generation, those who are still with us, are thinking? I mean, we had to do, deal with uh, all kinds of gaseous substances. and You guys are having problems with leaf blowers? But her efforts, like those of the Krauss Group, are geared toward replacing gas-powered lawn equipment such as mowers, leaf blowers, chainsaws, edge trimmers, weed whackers with electric models which are quieter but not noise free rather than banning leaf blowers altogether. Oh that's nice. I wonder if any of them actually live near electrical generation plants Mr. Producer? They don't you know. Gas blowers run from 80 to 90 decibels versus 59 to 70 decibels for electric blowers, according to the website LeafScore. The hell is this? The environmental benefits of going electric are substantial since gas-powered lawn tools lack catalytic converters, which lower emissions and are used in cars and trucks. 
Using a gas-powered lawnmower for an hour creates as much climate pollution as driving 300 miles in an average car, according to the California Air Resources Board. Oh, well, I'm sure they're right. And because leaf blowers typically use especially fuel-hungry two-stroke engines, running a gas leaf blower for an hour is equal to a 1,100-mile drive. Stop lying to us, you idiots! According to the Smart Energy Design Assistance Center, say what? Can you imagine that business card, Mr. Producer? I'm the legislative outreach for the Smart Energy Design Assistance Center at the University of Illinois Urban Champaign. Gas mowers emit 16 times as much plant warming carbon dioxide per acre as lawnmowers. Excuse me, as electric mowers. You know, we're all going to freeze to death in the jungle. These people have the foggiest idea what they're talking about or what they're doing. The co-pollutants on top of the climate pollutants are really a health hazard, both for people who work on them and the people who live near where they're being used, New York State Senator Pete Harkham, a Democrat from New York City's northern suburbs, told Yahoo News. Oh, yeah, that guy knows. He has proposed a law that would ban gas-powered lawn equipment sales one year after passage and ban their use after four years. Banned. No more gas-powered landscape tools. That's it. Ban them. Disband them. For the people. Always a righteous motive. Tyranny. Always a righteous motive. And where is all that electricity coming from? And did they mention where we get all these batteries from? Oh, yeah. Congo and other places. Where they create tremendous amounts of pollution. To get cobalt. Cobalt. The mining for minerals, cobalt. Most vocal opposition comes from companies that provide lawn. No, the most opposition comes from people like me who cannot stand you people. Who despise you. Poor Elisa or whatever her name was. There she was minding her own business. And she had to hear the leaf blowers and it just drove her nuts. No, I think she was unhinged to begin with. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. The AFT director, ladies and gentlemen, over there at the Treasury Department is a gentleman by the name of Stephen Biedelbach. <laughs> He's asked a question by Republican Representative Jake Elzey at a hearing today. He's the head of AFT, remember this, this Biedelbach. Cut 18, go. As a gun owner uh, of many different types and a, and a 20-year military veteran, I have some expertise in weaponry. Uh, and self-defense weapons. What could you, in 50 seconds, would you define an assault weapon for me? So, so 
If you go after 15 seconds, I'll just interrupt you. No, so. So, so I'll go shorter than that because I, I honestly, I do think that's a, if Congress wishes to take that up, I think Congress would have to do the work. But we would be there to provide technical assistance. I, unlike you, I'm not a firearms expert to the same extent as you may be, but we have people at ATF who can talk about uh, uh, velocity of firearms, what damage different kinds of firearms cause, so that whatever determination you, you chose to make would be an informed one. All right, so he can't define it because it's a, it's a made-up word. First of all, firearms don't have a velocity. The bullets have a velocity, right, Mr. Producer? Unless you throw the firearm. Say you throw a thirty-eight Special across the room. Then the thirty-eight Special has velocity. Now that said, I don't pretend to be an expert. I'm an expert with what I own. But this guy's the head of the ATF, and the truth is he can't tell you what an assault weapon is because an assault weapon could be a pencil. It could be a frying pan. It could be your fist. Salt and battery. Doesn't have to actually be a gun or a knife. And so the Democrats make up these phrases like, it's a military-style weapon. What is a military-style weapon? Well, it's militaristic. But that's not a military weapon. It doesn't matter to the Democrats. They're not about facts or science or knowledge or experience or any of that stuff. They're about ideology, of course. Hey, uh, Steve uh, Dillenbach, ATF director. Yeah, it's uh, 15 seconds. Define what an assault weapon is. How would you have an assault weapons ban if you can't define what an assault weapon is, America? Because it doesn't matter to them. Nothing matters to them. Words are fungible. The truth is whatever they say it is. We're going to have on the show, I think it's Thursday, Yenemi Park. Yenemi Park. Now, who is she? Well, she's a defector from North Korea, which is obviously a, a horrific, inhumane place. And she escaped the oppression and the poverty and the sex slavery in China. Did you know that? That the North Korean government sends its girls and women to China to put them in a sex slave? And she escaped that hellhole for America. But now she's worried about what's happening in our country. And she's talking about it. She's written a book about it about the woke ideology and authoritarian enforcement of wokeness, she says. They're, they're happening right here in America. She says if, race, if radical leftism's current progress hasn't stopped, America will become more like North Korea all the time. Park explained the main issue with North Korea's dictatorial government. In North Korea, the power is so concentrated, it's in the hand of one man and a few of his guys in the Communist Party. She said, America's becoming more like that every day. There are a few people in America, these elites, they decide what we're allowed to talk about, what we're allowed to feel, what women and men are. They're redefining all these words for us. She's right. Language has power. And if you control the language, you can control the thought processes. So we're going to have her on the program Thursday. I think it's going to be fascinating. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker friends, the men and women in Ukraine and Taiwan, freedom fighters, God bless you. And you, the best audience of audiences, thank you so much. And I'll be right here and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>